Blackheads and welcome to episode 25, the Silver Anniversary Show. Tonight's episode brought to you by Bindles. You don't have to be a hobo to look like one. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin, and I'm very excited to present Pilot Season Reviews number one, subtitled Better Late Than Never. This week, two writers from The Daily Show with Jon Stewart join me to tell you what we think of this year's new batch of sitcoms, as well as a few older ones, some of which we've been watching all along and some of which we have never seen. My guests are Daniel Radosh and Jubin Parang, and they brought the heat. They brought it. This is a frank conversation, minus anybody actually named Frank. We say what we honestly think and why. The why is the important part here. Without the why, we're just a bunch of bullies. But with it, we're a bunch of bullies with a reason. Of course, we're not out to hurt anybody's feelings, but if we didn't like something, we'd basically say so. I mean, we do have careers to think about. And if we do like something, we say that too, loud and proud. This is it. This is your semi-expert guide to what's hot and what is much harder to describe as hot. We start off with a little personal sitcom viewing history before we get into the first batch of shows, but then the sniping and or adoration begins. You might not agree with our takes, but you'll soon find out that we don't always agree with each other, so pick a side, any side any side at all. The theme continues next week, Wednesday, October 9th, with pilot season reviews number two, when I'll be joined by TBS writers Hallie Haglin and Dan McCoy for our review of all the shows we don't get to in this episode. It's two straight weeks of breaking down the good, the bad, and the just plain ugly. I'm not naming names in that last category, but I will say that the show I'm thinking of has between one and three broke girls. If you're in the middle of writing a spec script or an original pilot and you're looking for a little guidance on what to leave in and what to take out and how to establish your characters without having it sound like they're on a speed date, I think these two next episodes could be very helpful to you. Pay attention in class. This one's slightly longer than usual, so if I'll excuse me, I'm going to cut me off right now and get this ball rolling. It's brand new sitcom season, people, and you're about to hear nothing but the truth. You're part of the writer's block now. Good choice. Talking, talking, talking to Place, am All I right, your fellas? questions will be answered. Soon your opinions enough. will be crafted. Your reasoning will be determined. So but probably next... what you think you're supposed to think is true. Oh uh, well, yeah, yeah, probably. You're yeah, probably not too far off, unless you're a lot of conversation idiot. to reaffirm your points of view. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. For the next two episodes, uh, uh, two very special guests and I will have an open and honest discussion, sort of. Um, as honest with, as our careers will allow. With, yes, as honest as our careers will allow uh, about the new shows. Uh, uh, keeping in mind that there's a good chance we might have friends who work on these shows, who run these shows. Yeah, uh, We might also want to, at one point or another, be employed by, by people one of these involved shows, in these shows. Regardless of the quality of these shows, a guy's got to eat. Yeah, you know? I mean, a guy's got to eat. Um, and, uh, but, but, but having said that, I think, I think we can have an open, uh, I think we can have an honest discussion. About why this year's sitcoms are the best ever. About Absolutely. the best, I mean, really like some of the best television I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. 10, I'm including MASH, I'm including Cheers. There's, there's, there's never no been limit a dip. to There's what, never been no, a dip. No. This week, uh, I am here with two writers from The Daily Show, Daniel Radosh. Say hello, Daniel. Hi, Jr. And uh, Jubin Parang. Hey, Jr. Yeah, and uh, uh, they know a little bit. You, you guys watch a little TV, do you not? I know my way around the remote control. You know, yeah. it's funny. I, I have definitely watched more sitcoms in the last two weeks preparing for this podcast than I have probably watched in the two years previously. Like I, I yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem with sitcoms, but I just don't watch them. Like I think. I, I can count on one hand the number of sitcoms that I... I on on one hand watch. with three fingers, yeah. the number of sitcoms <laughs> that I actually, you know, intentionally And want. you're raising a three-fingered hand right now. It's <laughs> a horrible, you, horrible backstory. Well, what... Uh, um, tell us that, though. A little, little, little background on us just to get an idea. What in your past is a sitcom that you found yourself watching regularly? 
I mean, just recently, of the, the, the sitcoms that have been on recently, right? The ones that I don't want to miss. Veep, mm. uh, you know, 30 Rock, Community, I don't love as much as some people do, but, you know, I'll, I'll try to watch that. Um, and, you know, maybe that, then the tier below that are the ones that I'll just see if they happen to be on. I like Mindy Project. I think that's a very funny show. Uh, so, Jubin, uh, are, are you um, more of a dedicated sitcom? I'm a fairly dedicated sitcom watcher myself. I like my, I, I, you know. The sitcoms I like the best, and this is after like years of watching sitcoms, I like ones that have absolutely no heart whatsoever. And I love Always Sun in Philadelphia. That might be one of my favorites right now. You I mean like, that they're dark or black? Dark, or? just don't have any room for sentiment. I don't want sentiment. I don't want hugs. I don't so you're want, a big fan mm, of yeah. Modern Family then? Uh, I, I like we Modern Family. We can talk Family about that. Bit, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't watch Modern Family. Like, well, we'll, we'll I, be discussing Modern Family. The original Family Office, like that kind of thing. The Ricky Gervais Office, like the that. The original Office, right, yeah, I love that. I like I mean, Family Guy. Just don't, love be, don't pretend to be there. teaching me some sort of lesson. Just yeah, make me laugh I'm, at somebody else's pain. Absolutely. Like Seinfeld and that kind of stuff. Like, I don't, yeah, exactly. I'm with you. I think my favorite sitcom ever is there's a Canadian sitcom called The News. Oh, here he goes. Always out of the country. No, no, this is, but this is like, at least it wasn't a British show. I bet people don't see Borneo's television shows. Daniel, it's not that it's practically America. Yeah. Daniel's, practically, Daniel's seen all the shows. but when and Usually Canadian them. things are the more gentle version of American thing. This is the darkest, cruelness version. It's uh, The Newsroom, which is not the HBO thing. It's a, it's a, a show from the 90s about, um, you know, behind the scenes. It's, it's that sort of fake documentary style before The Office did it. Um, around the cool. time that Larry Sanders was doing the same thing, another one of my favorites. I'll be sure um, to watch it then if, that's, if you like it. That's, I think that's it's probably my favorite sitcom the ever. I think I heard you mention this before. Yeah, I, I, I talk about it as often as possible. Is, did it Sam, go on for Sam, a long time? It, 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 you know, it's, oh, yeah, you were talking to Sam about yeah, it. Yeah, so Canada did, you know, they, they're sort of, it's like one of these things where they let creative people actually do whatever they want. So the guy what? who no, created I'm sorry. this. Can you explain? I don't understand. So their studio he did two short, the first He or? did two short seasons and then decided to stop. And then came back like eight years later and did a follow-up. And then just recently did another follow-up that Sam B. was on and, and that I haven't seen yet. But. What about coming up? What about years and years ago? What about your uh, Hogan, Hogan's Heroes era? I mean, what, what do you got for me there? Uh, I loved MASH as a kid, although now I watch it in way too much sense. We're slightly, well, J- Daniel, how old are you? Yeah, I'm 44. 44, so I'm, I'm Juven? I'm 32. 32, so, yeah. I did not watch MASH growing up. Uh, but, you right. know, but I think for me, All in the Family, Mary Tyler Moore, you know, uh, the classics. I mean, yeah, right. still, there's a reason that they're great. Like, we are not, it's kind of interesting, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we're in a golden age of television for dramas, and we are so far from that for sitcoms. Like, I feel like all the best sitcoms were ages ago. Um, I do think there's a tendency to sort of remember the good ones and forget the bad ones, though. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think like from like years from now, people will be saying like, "Man, in this era, it was thirty right, rock, right, office, yeah, no, that's true. Family, that's so true. I don't, I, I don't know if necessarily it's, it's true that there, it was just objectively better episodes, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Well, but, but I definitely will say that drama right now is much better than comedy. Well, right I, now. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, that's that's all that I need. The, right, yeah, yeah, but I mean, uh, um, I. You know, how do you compare Breaking Bad to Dallas? Yeah, You know, of course the tone's going to be different. You couldn't maybe do something like that back then, but that's a world apart. Yeah. You know? Like, I feel like even good sitcoms are essentially the same animal as they were back then. I think maybe the only sitcom that really changed things was Arrested Development. I think Arrested Development, before the Netflix version, had a whole different style of comedy writing that than other sitcoms. I would agree to that. Yeah, and I think maybe 30 Rock carried that torch a little bit, but definitely I think Arrested Development is still a, a, a high watermark. Yeah, and, and, I don't and think it's been matched. And, and and not just in like it's it's better, but I think the way that it's filmed and the way that it's written and 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 yeah, it's serialization of the storylines. Yeah, yeah I much think, more like dramas than than like a comedy. Yeah, and the foreshadowing that they did so often. The callbacks, yeah, it, it felt like a different type of show than any other thing. Right, the joke and the jokes on that show Which are by and failed. large not. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. sure, sure. Um, but the jokes, I mean, and, and since this is a writing show, I mean, you know, it's it's sort of classic. And, and Cheers was sort of the one that really hammered home that idea of it's you know every joke is set up punchline topper. Yeah, right. And every sitcom does that now, and. Arrested, uh, arrested no, 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 not 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 every sitcom does that, but certainly it's pretty standard. It's pretty. Was, it's a standard way a sitcom operates. Yeah, like Thirty Rock networks, doesn't. That's true. Yeah. That's um, definitely. I think that's like the template for most sitcoms, except for the more innovative ones. Yeah, that's your Chuck Lorre's, your all right, your uh, other 
Uh, Which is not necessarily bad. I mean, Cheers was a very funny show, right? Seinfeld is a very funny show. The batch um, that that we were responsible this time around Mm. um, for were, uh, and we'll just do them in order. We had, uh, uh, this is the order that they had aired. Dads, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, New Girl. We we watched a few old ones as well because it might have been a case where, like, perhaps, like, Jubin, I think you'd never seen New Girl and now you're a big fan. I, I loved it. I don't yeah, know okay. why I haven't I'd been watching it. So, so, and also, uh, Two Broke Girls, which I'd never seen. And, and now you're um, a big fan. Yeah, no, you are. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Mom, the, Go- the Goldbergs, Back in the Game, and Modern Family and South Park. So, the first one was uh, Dads. Now, um, here, here is, here's this, starring Seth Green, Giovanni Ribisi, Peter Rieger, Martin Mull. These are, these are not terrible actors. No, the cast no. list is by far the best thing about the show. Yeah, and, and as far as... Uh, not it, the it, actual with, cast, but just the names. With the exception of Giovanni Ribisi, the, the others are all kind of synonymous with comedy. With all that having been said, <laughs> it will be. I, didn't, I don't particularly care for the, for the format in the first place. So you know, a, I know we've had good shows. It's a multi-cam sitcom. laugh track sitcom and and we've had you know you talk about cheers we've had you know plenty of good shows that have been in that format um but this show just didn't didn't strike a real chord with me at all it just didn't i feel like a show that's going to be in that for me if you appeal to me if it's going to be in that format it has to be really funny like that's a that's a that right away is a hurdle to get over for me um but that said i don't think that was the problem um, well, there are good jokes throughout this. If you're writing a joke for that, like if I'm if I'm asked to write a joke, uh, here's your setup. Give me a joke. Give me a punchline. I might come up with mm-hmm. a lot of yeah, punchlines yeah, yeah, that yeah. they did. I said, well, okay, that I would say like, okay, this is a good joke. I'll submit that. But I think I was working on a monologue, not a story, not a not a not a thing that I'm supposed to follow and, and get wrapped up in. You know, that's, that's actually, my problem. I think to that point, uh, what really felt bad about this show and everyone talks about the racism and the sexism uh, and the jokes I think you know and those were all problems but the big problem I have with the show was how disjointed every scene felt both with relation to the other scenes and within its own scenes there were scenes that just sort of began halfway in the middle with a character just like angrily gesturing another character and then ended there too it seemed like there was so much cut out of a show it seemed like it was it was like almost a 30 minute pilot that had been had 10 minutes cut out of it throughout it and so what was left was just a sort of series of disjointed jokes and half scenes that were all strung together to form whatever storyline they could fit and I think that might go to the the lack of good jokes they had that might go to the lack of effective storytelling they had and they just thought let's just put it all in together because they, they, nothing else makes sense as to why for example in one scene like I said before Seth Green this scene is nothing but Seth Green pretending to kill his dad from behind his dad yeah. and that's it there's another scene where um, Seth Green and uh, Seth Green's dad and Giovanni Ribisi's dad sort of sit uh, at a table and try to uh, pass the check back and forth to each other yeah. which occurs right after a scene in which Seth Green and Giovanni <laughs> Ribisi themselves comment on how their dad are, their dads are going to Well that's to a setup to the punchline yeah, it's, like, it's like it's, 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 it's not a setup it's a joke up. itself yeah. and then there's yeah. a joke like, here's the joke you're about to see and roll it yeah not even that it's like here's how the joke's gonna go here's how the punchline's gonna go and then you see the joke and, and that happened a lot of times as many as but much but I think like yeah, and that, that you know take away them setting up that joke and the joke is much better because yes. the joke itself was pretty good and the way they did it was if, good. If you Absolutely. had to figure out, oh, I see what's going on, they're trying not to pick up the check, it's much more rewarding than having them say, now we're about to watch them try not to pick up the check. I, can, I mean, I can't speak to the process kind of thing at all because I've never written that kind of thing and I've never written for that in that kind of environment. So I don't know who's responsible for what. Right, exactly. Uh, that, that's a, that's, a, that's a good disclaimer for this as well. Yeah. Is that when I mention all the names of these people that are involved in these shows, that by no means implicates them in right. the problems yeah. that we may see or, with these shows. Or I but, think we should but say it does impl- but, it, but it highly but it does it does make them entirely responsible for all the positive things that we say. <laughs> 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 and we love you. We Ooh, love you. Good. Like so like brothers yeah, and sisters. There was, there was one interesting joke, I thought, in the show, um, or uh, I should say revealing joke, um, where uh, they, they're, so they're video game designers, and they have a game called um, Killing Hitler, or the yeah, sequel, Hitler, Killing yeah, Hitler, right. and, and he says, um, 
uh, so they're talking about the original, if it's Killing Hitler 2, and he says, uh, the one thing we learned from Killing Hitler is that people really like Killing Hitler, which in and of itself is kind of funny, but it's funny because it's a dumb joke, and it'd be, if it were a dumb joke on a smart show, like, that could have worked. That joke could have killed. You know, does that make like sense to you? the best joke in the whole show is it's not killing. <laughs> no, 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 what I mean is, like, like the, the, it's, a, it's an intention, it feels like it should be an intentionally dumb joke. And if it were, if the show were smarter than the joke, I felt like we could have known, oh, they're making a stupid joke about the title of their stupid video game. But it wasn't. Yeah, you just it, felt like yeah. it was too much it, in line with I just felt like, yeah, like this yeah. is a stupid joke in a stupid show. I, 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 but I can see why the writers might have thought it was funny. I discussed with you briefly what, what uh, or it was you, Shubin, one of my main problems. I, I, I had two main problems. One was content-wise that... I felt like there's no straight man. You know, you just have basically four characters. Right. There are two other characters, the Asian woman in the office and then the, um, the maid, who are both kind of stereotypes and also just basically people who pop their head. They're like Lenny and Squiggies who just pop right. their head in and say a joke and then split. And, and then the four main characters, all of whom are just competing to get a joke out first. And, 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 and so there's not, like, like, we'll get into some shows later that have somebody that you're playing off of, like, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Brooklyn, um, Brooklyn Nine-Eleven, right which, uh, did I get that right? <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Eleven. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's a great show. And uh, or or as you would think they could make the uh, or as Michelle Bachman calls it Brooklyn Nine One One. Yeah, but the uh, um, like Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, which has uh, Andre Brower, who is comical, but definitely a straight man, a, a, yeah. a straight man, and anchors so much of what's going on around him, and that just didn't exist there. My other problem was just the look of it. I just can't do it. Just, it feels like I'm watching like a, like a, like a high school play it's kind cheap. of thing. It, it, was, it looks yeah. two-dimensional. And one thing I realized in watching, I think it was when I was watching, um, oh, God, back in the game, uh, which had a lot of outside shots and stuff, and it just felt like it was real things happening. Not that I really necessarily liked that show so much, but the look of it just seemed like, okay, I'm watching something that seems that at least looks somewhat real. And I, what I realized is that in a lot of the scenes, the background is somewhat blurred in certain spots. And w watch watch ads. There's never a blur in the whole thing. So everything just, so it just seems it just like a photograph. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but and that, wanna, threw me, that throws no me off. I can't yeah. help it. But I want to go back to what you're saying about the characters because I just realized this. Um, and I think this is an, an interesting writing issue, which is that all, like, so you have essentially, you have the two guys... Uh, the two main guys, the, the Seth Green, Giovanni Ribisi, at least in the pilot, their characters are the same. They're playing the same character. They're both playing kind of goofy, stoner, slacker. One guy's response, a little more responsible. Only like, a little. Yeah, Only. yeah I mean, right. I, was, well defined. But he's yeah, also right. married, and he's a little bit of a, he, he's, you know, he's, he, his, his wife sort of... Well, but, but, so here, but here's the thing. Like, I thought you had two, there, there, there's only one wife? Yeah, he, okay. Seth Green's not married. Oh, there's a wife, but Seth Green has the maid. Honestly, the wife and the maid were interchangeable. Their roles were basically the same. And and the uh, woman that they work with in that's, the office. See, that's sexist. All their, but that's my <laughs> point. It is sexist. Like, okay, yeah. I don't think, I don't think, I mean, yes, the jokes were sexist. I don't think that's a problem because as, as I think they would say, you know, all in the family, Archie Bunker was sexist. Archie Bunker was sexist. But All in the Family was not sexist. So right. I felt that the problem with this wasn't the sexist jokes. I thought it was the, the show itself was sexist. All the women were nagging, browbeating, trying to make the men be more responsible. Every single one of the women was like that. The two dads, were into, they were both kind of, you know, disgusting cheapskates, right? Like, that, that was the, they yeah. weren't distinguished from each other. Um, and, and I just felt like you had all these characters, but they were all... You know, they weren't distinguished enough from each other. Which takes away from the comedy because you're not getting a different flavor of jokes. Exactly. So any one of these guys can kind of tell the same joke, whereas when you... you um uh, let's let's get into Brooklyn Nine Nine so that so that at least I can be you know uh, more more positive. I, I, I'm not sure about you guys, but I thought it was the best pilot so far. Dad's was or no 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 Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nine, Nine. I think Dad's was the best one. Everything else was worse. <laughs> I think I will say one last thing about Dad's. I think one of the problems with the, with the writing, uh, in so far as uh, editing of it, was that it seemed like a lot of times as much there was almost a one to one ratio of the dads doing something versus uh, Seth or Giovanni 
in doing an impersonation of their dads. And it seemed because there would be a scene of, of Seth and Giovanni saying like, oh, yeah, you think your dad's bad? My dad does this. Oh, yeah. Five lines of that. Then yeah. it would cut to their dads doing that. Even at the end, this kind of like riffing got to a point where the last scene is them all staring at a photo of uh, an Asian man's dick. Yeah, right. And all just telling jokes, like just one after another riffing. And it seemed like it was like they, in the writer's room, they'd come up with a bunch of different options for a particular joke and then said, well, how can we just use all of these? Let's not do any editing or picking. And I think that needs to be corrected. It, it, right now, it feels like it's just watching a bunch of people well, comment. Well, and I, I watch and we, I want to move on because we have a lot of shows sure, to sure, get sure. to, and I want to get to all of them in, in the some, to some extent. But, <laughs> but the... Uh, um, I mean, it's probably worth pointing out that a lot of these shows, like, these are, these are pilots, and I almost feel after watching all these pilots, the sitcoms, you shouldn't even air the pilot. You should write it, so the so the people writing the show know who yeah, these right. characters yeah, are right. and what their origin story is, but it's kind of an unfair way to judge a show. They're all oh, yeah. so and they don't have to be, but they usually are and so laden with exposition and right. like I don't need to know why like New Girl and that's a good which point. Is a good but show. The pilot was is like you you watch that show for the first time. Did you need to know? Oh. She got dumped by her boyfriend and had to quickly find an apartment with these three. Well, no, you don't need to know all especially that. Especially considering a lot of times just from the press going up to it, you learn all of that ahead of time. But there are also good ways to do it. One is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I thought did a, did a really, yeah, really segue. good job of... Uh, um, and another, by the way, was Orange is the New Black, which I think was a fantastic... Oh, like, the first think. episode was sort of like, okay, that's a good way to do this. But, <laughs> so watch that and get the, get the vibe of, like... How do you get that story out without completely unnecessary exposition? Now, the way that Brooklyn Nine-Nine did it in one way, as far as introducing the characters is concerned, is one, a group meeting at the beginning where they're all kind of like showing their different flavor. And then the, um, the, I thought the more clever way was when the new captain comes in and um, the sergeant or whoever it is, the other guy, has to explain to him you know, he says, right. tell me about these people. It makes total sense that the guy would want to know about his team, and it makes total sense that this guy's going to be the one to tell him, and he does, and I liked that. I wasn't completely crazy about the fact that every single one of them had a little flashback. Even though they're all funny, that sort of 30 Rock flashback thing. They were all funny, and but... Um, but I hope they don't overuse those in the in the future, and I, I I'm guessing they I'm guessing they won't because they used it a lot in the pilot. I I think with like the with the loss of Thirty Rock, I think like that flashback uh, use is like there's no sitcom that's using it as much anymore. Uh, so I I mean if they want to take that on and become the new flashback sitcom, I don't mind. That. I like flashback jokes so if they're done well. I think they're but not, not but not too, but not too many of them. I, 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 yeah, not too many. But yeah, I, and, uh, although I don't know, I, my tolerance is pretty high. Like I love Family Guy's use of cut twos and cutaways. Oh okay, so you know so, I was yeah. never I, I always thought of that. What as was the Zach little... Graff sitcom that did that? Scrubs. It was essentially scrubs it was not, yeah. by the end it was like nothing else. There was no through line. It was just a series. Yeah, of that's very that's very forward. true. But so, I, if, it, I, if it's a good joke, then I don't mind a flashback. So Brooklyn Nine Nine is Tuesdays at eight thirty on Fox. This is starring Andy Samberg um, and uh, Andre Brower, who's actually super, super good. You know what and I felt like with, with Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I, I, I hope that as it goes forward, I felt like they threw in a lot of the action stuff. And I felt like it, it, I hope it will decide between being a workplace comedy, it's happening like a Barney Miller kind of thing, or a parody of a police procedural, like in Law and Order, where they're going around solving the crime. I think. And well, I thought the actiony solving the crime gunfights thing did not work as I, well as the. I, I thought. I thought they did a good job of. Uh, you know what I thought was interesting was like, I found myself actually saying like, "Wow, this is they they're in sort of an intense situation here," and then it would just go into just this crazy uh -huh. like when they started acting out the thing and it's ridiculous and and I'm not like an Andy Samberg fan necessarily like I think he's funny but like uh, yeah. um, it's not I don't like seek him out or anything like that and but I thought he was uh, I thought he was really good in this and just for the record that it's this is this is created at least executive produced by um, Michael Shore from uh, Parks and Rec and uh, and the office I believe and then uh, Dan Gore former Daily Show writer um, and I think they did a very very uh, um, good job um, now you were saying we, we, we didn't we stopped this conversation but you were saying that you thought it had the best joke of the that we saw. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows, and I thought so too. But I wonder if it's the okay, same joke. Okay, right. So Daniel and I were talking briefly about this, and and I said I thought that uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine had had the the best joke of any of these shows so far. And uh, um, but we stopped short of saying what it was I also because you think that. So oh, so let's see. Oh, so you do. Everyone oh, okay, write okay. down what they think the joke was. Yeah, everybody write down. Oh, 
did I really just go to a break right as we were about to reveal our favorite jokes? It's like writer's block with Ryan Seacrest all of a sudden. Classic cliffhanger. We'll get right back to that, I promise you. I just wanted to remind everyone that Pilot Season Reviews number two with my guests Hallie Haglin and Dan McCoy will be ready for your ear holes on Wednesday, October 9th. We'll be talking about The Crazy Ones, The Michael J. Fox Show, Hello Ladies, Super Fun Night, and a few classics including Parks and Rec and Eastbound and Down. Really looking forward to that last one because I've never seen it before. There, I said it. So look for that and share it with your friends. No closing message on tonight's episode, so I'll take this opportunity to say thank you to all the usual suspects and thank you for tuning in. Now let's get back to Daniel Radosh and Jubin Parang and those favorite jokes we are dying to hear. I'm on the edge of my seat and I already know the answers. And here they come. I thought there were actually two uh, very good jokes, but the one that that I liked the most was the uh, um, Citizen Kane joke. That oh, was a great joke. That was a good joke. Yeah, thought. not what I was going to say, but I like that joke. Where, too. where the guy, the guy yeah, he's, the, there's one, there's game. one character who is, who is, he's a kind of a meek sort of detective guy, and there's, there's a very aggressive uh, uh, female, awkward, yeah. yeah, and um, he, but he wants to take her out, and he's going to take her to a movie, and then he, he says to her that uh, he's, that, that they're going to go see Citizen Kane because he wants to try to pick the best movie, and she says, uh, you know, anything but that, not Citizen. That's Kane. a terrible it's, movie. That's a terrible movie, and he has to say, okay, well then I'll find a better movie than <laughs> Citizen Kane. And it's just like, the way it was set up and the way it was delivered to me, I just thought it was a super funny joke. You? I, my favorite line, this is mostly because of Sandberg's delivery, was when he, uh, when she lost that bet when they opened the door and saw the old yep, man. He goes, yep, I'm a detective yep. always, right? And this that's is a detective, terrible detective. My number two. That was my number right, two. That, 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 that delivery of that line I thought was so funny. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, that line. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and cut and get out of the yeah, scene. Get the out. fuck out of the scene. Fantastic. Um, my favorite was the same sequence, but not that joke. It's um, Fred Armisen, right? Opens the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they hand him missed. the photo. They just hand him the photo and say, have you seen this woman? And he like, doesn't really understand English. He goes, oh, thank you. And he closes the yeah. door. Yeah. But he, even the, oh, even, he took the photo. Yeah, even, even in that, there's Sandberg saying, and he took the and photo. And he took the photo. And it's stuff like that that Very comes nice. across more as, you know, I don't know that Andy took the photo was improv or written. No, no, I think it was necessary. <laughs> oh, think it was I think it was very oh. funny. I like that improv- improvisational feel. It felt natural. And th- yeah, natural and organic feel to what's happening. This is a person who is saying a thing in the moment, not a line that was written on a Which thing. Which is and how they, many and, of the other shows. Right, are. many of the other shows. But that's a common problem. Yeah. And so, and so you would think to get away from that is not that difficult and certainly something that people would strive for. But I think in certain formats, it's the problem that they're kind of, that it just exists and that's what you, that's what you want. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's probably the one, sh- the one show that we saw out of all that I named that I'm really, I'm like, I'm going I'm to be watching this show. Yeah, I'm going to be very, watching this show. Very, I think this is going to be entertaining. I agree. It was very exciting. It was. It was. The characters were well developed as quick as they could be. There wasn't too much exposition. Jokes were great. Timing yeah. was great. And I did. Well I done. did tell Daniel. I said like the Chelsea Peretti is also in it, and uh, her character more than any other is more of like a clown to me. Like they, she was. She was like telling jokes. Like she when she opens her mouth, it's specifically to be funny, you know, yeah. almost with everything that she says, which is a problem on other sitcoms because that seems to be everybody's role. Right. But in this one. I'll totally take it because that's that office person. Now then, we'll get on to Jubin's favorite new show in his in the whole wide world, and the show that he would literally like sell his soul for is New Girl. Yeah, I don't even need to be given anything I, in return. Starring, starring, starring Zoe, Zoe Deschanel, which I hope that you I hope that you find her as a found her as adorable as adorable. I mean, adorkable. I came in thinking she's adorable. And I left thinking she was even more adorable. Oh, yeah. So I think adorable That's, is the best way. That is Actually, really something. I was surprised. And I left not other. thinking that was a ridiculous fucking word. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because... Um, I accepted it as, as part of the lexicon. Yeah, it's part of my language now. I throw it up whenever I can. Created by Elizabeth uh, Merriweather, who is clearly pretty talented. She put this thing together very nicely. And uh, fun fact, came in to read as a correspondent for The Daily Show at one point, right before she went out there and created this show. Oh, wow. Um, so, he, good he thing she didn't that. get this job. Yeah, this yeah. shit job. Escape this terrible trap oh, of the show. It's a career killer of a show. <laughs> I think this might speak to how few sitcoms I watch in general, but this New Girl is one I, I see quite a bit uh, because my wife watches it, and I never real. I, I, I mean, I like it, sort of. I don't love it, partly because I find it too shouty. I find that they're sort of going for a kind of manic energy 
that gives the comedy as opposed to clever writing. But having seen all these other shows now, I realize it is not nearly as shouty as most sitcoms uh, yeah. today are. Like, it is pretty low-key But I, th- I, I see what you're saying with the shouty, and I think that the characters, the, the characters are just... Um, except for except for her, in certain parts she's fairly all manic, of them are all, pretty shouty. But all the yeah, but all the guys are very manic, very yes. oddball guys. Yes. Which, um, but I think that uh, comes but, with good jokes. I think I agree that the energy is manic, but I think the 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 lines that they're manically delivered are very good. What's more, what's what's more, and what's better, and I think even more important is that they're extremely distinct characters. Yes, they work very well together. They have a, there's, yes. there's there's good stories that go on. It's a, it's a it's a good serial. And, uh, um, what, and what's the th- they they just do a good job of a, a really good job of having you know when you the quicker you can get to a point where a character can tell a joke that's funny because it's coming from that character then the better off you are as far as I'm concerned. And I think this is a huge this is what separates uh, single cam comedies from multi cam. You don't have that uh, energy uh, and time in a multi cam comedy because every other line has to be a joke and so right. the laugh and and the, and, the, and the scene always has to end on a joke so a lot of times it just seems artificial there's no way Absolutely. to get around and like it. there can't be more than like three locations that becomes very difficult as, for, as a production level to do whereas single cam comedies can just be rapid fire they can move very fast you can have jokes in single cam comedies like in New Girl where they're driving in Mexico and uh, at one point um uh, Zoe Deschanel's girl, uh, boyfriend says, uh, oh, "Pull over! There's a there's a pinata shaped like monkey." <laughs> and she immediately like swerves the car over, and the edit is like a tenth of a second after she just yanks the steering wheel to the left. You would not be able to have that edit point on a multicam. Yeah, which is why I think like single cams have that advantage, which is I think is almost I would say is 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 not uh, can be overcome by multicam. Yeah, right, right. It yeah, always be yeah. better. Yeah. No, well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm curious, though, because I did like that. I remember, I think that might have been the only joke that I wrote down. Is like, well, that's a funny joke from this episode. So I'm like, oh, I, I, there was funny stuff going on, but as far as the writing, as far as the joke writing... I wrote down a bunch of lines like that. Like, the, the line that Winston said when he goes, uh, in the very beginning, when everyone is, is back and, like, all flustered from the, the wedding, uh, the bride leaving or stopping the wedding at the altar, when he says... I know everyone's going through a lot right now, but I think it's time I started a puzzle. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It was like so funny, just the way he delivered it. I thought that was a great. Well, but line. wasn't that that came after what, what the first thing that made me laugh was even before that when they answered the door, he said, "I've got a puzzle." But I, I, although I will say this is the advantage again, like you know, not to uh, we we shouldn't bash pilots too much because these characters are well established. Yeah, yeah. they're in a groove. They know what makes the show funny. And There's the no pilot of that show was not as good. I yeah. mean, that is a show that got better, and I think most shows do. Like I think. Yeah. If you look at, you know, all those shows, Dirty Rock, Mindy Project, I mean, the pilots were not the best thing about those shows. But but I think there, it also gets to that problem of um, whether it's the studios or the networks, whoever it is, that feeling that audiences should not go a moment without knowing what's going on. And I think pilots feed the worst part of that, like can we, if we can get to Mom for a second, um, which was not a good show for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons it's not a good show is so their exposition It's just moment, Mom. Mom, it's yeah, not mom. There's only one mom, mom. and dad. Although it's still dads. the same character as the dads. And there are, and that was one of my problems, there doesn't seem to be a new show that doesn't have a dysfunctional parent yeah. who gets forced upon the right. also dysfunctional, yeah, almost equally here. dysfunctional. It's sort of, oh God, really? Am I watching this again? And, right. But even within that, I feel like the show would have been more interesting if... You're talking about mom. Mom. Um, <clears throat> which I liked. I, th- I think it would have been more interesting if... Because they have a couple of scenes where we're just terrible exposition. Their excuse for it is she's at an AA meeting, and so of course she has to get up and talk about how her mom ruined her life. So I guess there's kind of an excuse for it, mm-hmm. but really it's to tell the audience, here's my backstory. Right, my mom. but at least you go out and of your way to meet, create that situation yeah, but that it makes didn't it. didn't help for me. And then we meet the mom, and then she has the back and forth with her mom. Here's how you ruined my life. Here's how you ruined my life. I feel like. If we had just come in in the second episode and we had to kind of deduce all that stuff through their actual relationship to each other and through how they interacted, and in fact, um, but not everybody's most, a brainiac like you. You see, the most interesting character in help that me show, out here, Juven. No, I needed all of that. Like I, need, I would, I would not have known what her relationship is with her mom unless there was at least like four never scenes of them having that. To me, fight. but, I, but look, I thought it was her aunt at best. Yeah, I mean, first it wasn't until the fifth mom, and I was like, wait, what's the title of the show? Is that related to this? <laughs> then I started getting it. Uh, yeah. But, but I did feel that like the one character in that show who was really actually kind of promising is the uh, stoner ex-husband who shows up and he's like playing with the kid, and, and and there weren't a lot of good jokes in it, but I felt like because. 
they didn't he didn't say hi i'm your stoner ex-husband and remember we had this relationship where i left you and whatever it was you just sort of figured it out well, there from was, how they were talking but there was a little bit of that it's just that the that that the writing was more organic and yeah. simple it wasn't so over, it wasn't so yeah. bashed over the head it was it was it, there was a little more innuendo in the in the writing of introducing that that character so there are ways it can be done and uh, um and and it's that, that that's a that's a good example although Honestly, I I kind of thought that that character was uh, not really my favorite character. I I really liked French Stewart as the chef. I thought he was super funny. Yeah, I just I, like I, I having I, worked I, in restaurants. I it just it's unreal, but it, I thought it was funny. I couldn't. What I didn't it. like about it was the same thing we're talking about, like the problem of establishing a character's point of view so quickly in the pilot. Was like his first line was something about more salt and butter. They only need to live long enough to pay the check. And the second one was beat these eggs like a small annoying. Child. Yeah, no, I didn't like that. I didn't. But like to that. me, that that was the worst example of a sitcom trying to like tell you what this character's worldview is in the most ham-handed way possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It okay. was, well, that, right. that, I don't, like, he, his character, yeah. I, I like but that. But I liked him. Character. Yeah, I like no, him. I can, yeah, yeah. Those lines no, I agree clear. that line. This was, is that guy. Yeah. The real thing about Mom is, is it kind of felt like, um, I, I think there's a tendency to confuse edgy and funny. And I think they felt mm-hmm. like, we're being oh, God, really constantly. edgy yeah. with all the jokes about meth. And, and, it's, and it's fine. I would love a good meth joke. But it was more like a meth reference. It was like, hey, remember when I used to be on meth? Yeah, that's where, exactly what it was. Where, but where's, where's the comedy in that? Where's the joke? Um, there with, was a, with that, I would say that uh, um, Anna Ferris, who I, I don't... I, I, I think I saw her on... Um, uh, Entourage, and she was just playing Anna Faris, and, and I think she's she, funny. She was, I've seen her. Stuff. She's I very thought funny. she was and fantastic. I thought I thought her delivery. I thought that like there was nice subtlety in this. I just thought it was promising in that like like a lot of times I'll watch a show not necessarily because I think I'm going to get wrapped up in it or it's going to tell me something about myself or I really need to see this thing, but I kind of want to watch something that's quality so that I can kind of absorb a little bit of that quality, and I feel like the, that there's potential there. I really want to get to a lot of the others, and since we're We've gone back and forth a little bit on the um, good and bad. Let's get now to the one that I will not be afraid to shit on, and that is Two Broke Girls, which I thought was one of the <laughs> biggest pieces of shit I've ever seen. And, you know, look, I guess due respect to the people that are responsible for it because you don't really know ultimately who's making it like this or or why if it's that popular that and you're making that much money off of it, why wouldn't you keep doing it? But for God's sake, I, it's just like, what the fuck is this for just... Dick joke after dick joke after dick joke and, and the, the, same, the, dick and the joke. same dick joke. Same dick <laughs> joke. <laughs> it wasn't like different. It wasn't like they oh, escalated the God. dick jokes. They just kept it at the same level. And told Plus them. the girl Kat Dennings, who 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 was in Forty Year Old Virgin, and I loved her character in that, and she seems to be playing kind of the same character. She looks so checked out. I and feel then the she whole show felt. God, the whole show feels like the it's blonde. Just, I thought was okay. I, I, I thought she like, like, but because so, all their lines are just sort of disinterestedly sniping yeah. at oh, each completely. other, it just seems like they're almost just sort of the plot is just sort of like they're floating along on the events of the show, just kind of casually commenting on them. But there's no like, there's no reason why they even I they needed to open a shop. There's no reason why. They need well, to, they're they're, that's, that I think that's from the beginning. I think basically oh, the whole well, storyline is that they're, they're, they're two so broke they girls. Yeah, I don't know if you caught that or not. It just seemed like everything that was happening at the shrine, moving this back and forth, they're almost like, well, let's do this so this happens. It oh, yeah, like oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, they, at no point did I ever feel like there was, these were characters involved in a story. More they were no. just sort of like uh, just comics just kind of hanging around. Especially when the very first scene... When the guy's like, so what, uh, I've been away oh. for the summer, what's happened? Which was apparently just a, an excuse for them to rattle off like 15 topical jokes about what happened over the summer. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There's not a single honest moment in these kinds of sitcoms. Everything is, and the same way with Mom and Two Bro Girls, which are both Chuck Lorre's well, sitcoms. That, and that's, and that's, no, that's Two Bro scene... Girls is not Chuck Lorre. Two yeah, Bro Girls he's is... a producer. I mean, it's Whitney Cummings, no. but I mean, like, he's, he's, like, he's, I guess I feel like, like the trademark kind of Chuck Lorre, this is actually what I feel is like a trademark Chuck Lorre joke that you see almost all the time. Chuck Lorre, by the way, the, probably the most, most successful I mean, yeah, okay. Him and McFarlane. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, God, God are, bless him, their success is complaining <laughs> yeah. about Elephant. Yeah. I do not know whether There's or not no. he's going to like track us down to give us a hard time by giving him a hard time about some of his shows. And he would but, be well justified. Yeah, yeah, yeah clearly he, the guy knows how to, how to create a success. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing he subscribes to your podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I assume yeah. is like riveted by. Yeah. There's gonna be a brutal title card about us in yeah. the episodes. So uh, typical uh, Chuck Lorre joke. It, it's a character, and this happens so much in Mom too, and happens in Two Bro Girls. Is a character says uh, to to a character, "Man, what are you talking about? You once did a creative way of doing something very immoral." 
and yeah. the response of that character is in some way affirming it and taking pride in it. Yeah. Like, for example, it'll be like in Mom, it'll be, uh, you know, what are you talking about? You once, uh, ah, oh, you, you smoked. It was like you smoked meth out of a carpet. Uh, that was the. That yeah, was the you joke. did cocaine crumbs uh, out of a carpet, and her response right. is, "Look, that's the way uh, you, no, you don't no, want me to no be." No harm in being thrifty. No harm in being thrifty. And Probably the best joke her, in, the, in the show. I thought. Probably, yeah. Great joke. And there's something she said to her ex-boyfriend, too. It was like, you once crawled out of something to... uh, Or or you once, like, made an excuse for your son to get out of jury duty or something. And the guy's response was, well, it worked, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of thing where it's just that's... That joke appears multiple times in every episode. So that's like Laurie's version of McFarlane's, like... Peter, didn't this happen to you one time? You know, yeah, like that. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> um, or right. Daily Show's version of the Jersey guy getting into any situation. No, right? oh, that's that, that's organic every single time. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's actually, I had a thought about the writing of, of Two Broke Girls because it, it reminded me, it's contrasting with The Office. So, um, a very typical Two Broke Girls joke from the one episode that I've now seen is she says, oh, we're going to have a soft opening of our shop. Mm. And then the other character says, "What's the difference between a hard one and a soft one?" Uh-huh. Yeah. Right now, I don't know where you're going here. <laughs> now, now here's the thing, well, man. That audience sure yeah. does. <laughs> Nobody speaks like that. So that when this, it is when the sex, like the, compare that to the office where the what's that's what she said jokes. You know when they were doing that, those always killed because first of all the character was dumb and so that he was making dumb jokes was part of the humor, but also because the setups for them were part of an organic conversation. Yeah, and right. so it seemed a little clever that he was catching it, right? Yeah. He was catching the thing to say, that's what she said off of. This one, it was not at all a conversation. It was just, I'm going to set up a dirty joke, and then the other person comes in and says, and now I'm going to deliver your dirty joke. And then another character comes in and says, do you mind if I deliver that dirty joke as well? And then another character comes in and says, hey, as long as we're delivering the same dirty joke, do you mind if I do? And then the one character who already did it said, hey, I thought of another one. Can I do it again? And then the third one comes back in and says, hey, wait a minute, guys. If you get to do it twice, then I get to do it twice. And then you're at a fucking act break. Did you actually, actually, that same scene in Two Pro Girls, when uh, like after that guy uh, that says what's the difference between a soft and a hard one, some other guy says, "Oh, do you you want me to show him?" And then like later in the scene, there the lights go out and the guy who asked that question screams. Now he knows. And the guy says, "Yeah, now he knows." Now he, he knows. knows. And, but then yeah, it's the it's the little um, Asian guy who is who is the Korean guy, not at all a stereotype. And right. and uh, um, but here's what pissed well, me off know. most about that. He screams. He says, "Now he knows the difference." And then he walks away with a horrified look on his face. But the guy behind him is not hard at all. You can see it doesn't. Matter. It's not hard at all. What, I, I don't know. I, I, I would have given you got to have a cucumber. You got to have. It's not honest. Exactly. Exactly. It's not honest. Yeah. Give me. Give me a cucumber. But, like, but that is like a joke that the 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 idea behind the joke is like this guy literally either just like shoved his dick into that guy's butt. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And yet it wasn't for, funny. And yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how is that possible? The Goldbergs, Wendy McClendon, Covey, who is hilarious, Jeff Garland, very funny, George Siegel, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of George Siegel and a lot of movies that he's done. I think we had differing opinions on the the Goldbergs. This might be our biggest difference. I'll tell you, my theory about the single cam comedy being inherently better than multi-cam breaks down to the Goldbergs. Okay, go ahead. I I don't, I find this, you know, and like, and I love like most of the cast in this, uh, but this seems very much like a very standard, idealist, idealist family comedy about a bunch of crazy kooks who all have their dysfunctional issues but they all love each other in the end delivered with a series of jokes that never get anywhere original and end with almost like a record-breaking three straight minutes of schmaltz which is to me again like even a second of that kind of sentiment I can't stand so to have like three straight minutes of it was just mind-numbing <laughs> I was like through and through I, I, I found this probably the least interesting of all the sitcoms and, oh, I, and I, wow. was, I didn't find it I wasn't upset I don't hate it it's just very very dull to me. Daniel, your, your, no, your retort. I, yeah, I actually thought that I was going to hate it. Like, just from what I, the advertising, I just assumed I would hate it. Um, and that it wasn't at so all So it was effective advertising then. <laughs> but, and, and I honestly, I never would have watched it if not for this assignment and found myself liking it much more than I thought I did. Now, I would, I, See, I would you not, can thank me later. Or now, now I mean, we're sitting I, right I here. I am probably not going to season. continue to watch it. I didn't like it that much. Right, right, right. But I thought that um, it had, I admit there was too much schmaltz, but I, I thought that the characters felt more organic and the dialogue felt more organic and the jokes felt more organic. 
it just felt like I, I actually thought that fortunately the eighties element of it was pretty much irrelevant. I, I mean, I didn't. Yeah, think, but I know. think they went out of their way to do that. I th- I, um, I I read something about that, but one thing that um, I like I did like about it was uh, um, yeah I, I think that it, it had a far more organic feel than uh, um, than like, continue but I totally through. disagree there, there's, a, there's um, the one scene where if I just just like one quick yeah. thing where um, the, the kid and his and his grandfather are out at the diner and um, he's uh, the kids like pretending to wave a lightsaber around and the grandfather's just giving him that like oh my god what are you doing look and he puts away, like, he's like, cut that out. And the kid, like, realizes he's doing something that's attracting attention. And yet he has to put away his pretend lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, he has like, put oh, it away. I hated that. I, oh, yeah, I it's, funny it. because, it's funny I because... I felt like, oh, that's, that felt to me like yes. an actual character joke as opposed to just a joke for its own sake. I, well, I'll tell you something, this, by the way. I do not like, I find it very lazy Green writing and when, a, when a character... What? <laughs> if I Green Eggs, I find Green Eggs, I'm very lazy... Uh, no, I find it very, I find it very lazy writing when a character does something for the express purpose of another character calling that out as being stupid or dumb. Uh-huh. And I feel like this show did a lot. There's a lot of oh like, yeah, dancing, right, right, right. No, I know what you're saying. Like, not just Alan, but Barry also. There's a lot of stuff where like the dancing itself was just supposed to be funny. Well, sometimes I mean, the, you'll, 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 Barry also running you'll, away. You'll see that. Like, Who runs like you'll, that? You'll see that in. Um, I, I get that a lot with stand-up comics. So the one thing Absolutely. that uh, like one thing that I do, do not like, you'll see a comic do a joke that the the real joke is him shitting on himself for telling a shitty joke. Just then tell a good joke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I think there's a possibility with the Goldbergs that by the time I got around to it, I was a little bit numb. And, um, and I was really trying to look for something that was maybe better than it was. I, I, I did like the cast. And, uh, um, and, 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 and maybe I was a little easier to, easier to please. But I agree with you that it is probably not something that I'm going to continue watching. I didn't feel invested in that at all. But they did stay away from too many 80s references. You know, you have like a Star Wars shirt. You got this thing. They didn't keep kind of like saying, oh, my God, look at the size of this phone. Or you're like, oh, you're using a Walkman? Blah, blah, blah. Sure, you know, yeah. Like, like, it's the latest in technology, you Mom. You know, this, yeah, yeah, right. They could easily have done that. It could easily have done that, and it would have been a mistake. Or they should have just done the whole thing being 80s references, every single line, being like, wow, the Soviets are in Afghanistan. Good thing that we'll never do something that stupid. <laughs> that, I mean, that might have been fun. <laughs> if they just done everything well, that like that, a, I would have been, been, been very happy. That 80s show, I would have been very happy to watch. But I, so it being organic, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of moments where like characters would come upon another character by sheer coincidence. Like, Alan, his grandfather, came upon Barry... In the diner, and then later, their his mom. Part of the big punchline was that his mom was in the table over, and there's no explanation for why these characters coincidentally it's run a into small each town. other. There's one diner. There's like two locations in that Where town. Where are you going to go get pancakes? I want pancakes right now. At any time of day. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to oh, go man, sit over here, but I'm going to sit next to my family, somehow without them knowing it and without me acknowledging it until I feel like it until for punchline purposes. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> right. I'll give you that, but I, that, I, that I seems to me to be down. just like, if other things are not as bad as they can be or are good then I'll forgive some of those basic sort of sitcom I guess I just feel like everything like every character was an archetype of like you know the emotionally distant father the you know the Nerdy young kid, the uh, cool obsessed girl, the doting. Every every character. I'm sorry, your family was perfect. You know, my family was nuanced and complex in many ways. Uh, My dad was both a football jock and also appreciated fine arts. Oh, you know. Well, and that's funny because the tagline of the show is "Oh, like your family was so cool in the '80s," and apparently, Jubin's was. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I I I found this to be very. I I actually thought that, but but and again, it goes back to what I said before about how I just am not used to sitcoms, and I felt so. I had watched modern. I had seen maybe the first two or three episodes of Modern Family and thought, yeah, it's a pretty good show. I'm never going to watch it again. So I haven't seen Modern Family until we were assigned to watch it for mm-hmm. this. Right. And seeing it in contrast to all these other shows, I still feel like, well, I'm probably not going to go out of my way to watch it. But man, I can see why this is the best, considered the best sitcom on yeah. television now. I mean, it's so far and away better. Yeah, it would have been really hard to watch a lot of the, like... Imagine, you, can you imagine if Modern Family is the lead-in to Dads? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God, what happened? I mean, so what happened? Like, the Dads itself was like, let's not, please don't do that. But it's yeah, a huge lead-in. Yeah. Uh, we'd rather still not to be compared. Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, the, there's, a, uh, there's a big difference. And, and uh, um, so your take on Modern Family not having seen it before then? I mean, in comparison to all these other shows, yeah. Which, from what just, we've said so far, doesn't seem like a huge compliment. <laughs> right, but it was... Um, 
and there were a lot of really funny jokes. Um, and, and not only that, but actually something you just said about, like, you know, oh, my dad was a jock and in fine arts. Like, I don't know whether these characters, this is established before, the, so the, the character, Cam, is he the, the kind of chubby yeah. dad, yeah. right? So that, like, at the end when he becomes the coach of the football team and he was like... Yeah, um, he's a, he's a football... And he's like, I play football. Like, that's sort of one of those classic things they tell you in writing, like, give your character one trait that's sort of the opposite of most of his traits and it gives that character... Good death. writing tip there. Good exactly. writing tip. But it actually, like, totally worked. I totally felt like, okay, I believe it in this character and it also makes this a much more interesting character and a, a rounded character. But it's funny, like, it's, it's funny because you, you, you know, you caught that having seen it for the first time. As soon as that scene started, I knew what was going to happen because I knew that backstory. Right. But, but it still, like, fits and it's great. And then the way that he did it and immediately, like, the, the, the play works right away. And then the scene of them pushing him along yeah. on the thing right, is funny true. enough, but then he says, we have nothing to fear, but fear right. itself. Wrong president. Yeah. One of the, one of the, one of the <laughs> It had a really nice combination of funny one-off jokes, and I think my favorite of those is when the, the sleazy boss is uh, flirting with the daughter, and he says, um, look at your eyes. And she says, I can't. And then also... It had a lot of non-joke, like things that were just funny because they were funny conversations and funny interactions yeah. without being like set up punch. Well, on. that's what they're very good at. They, they, because they have so, now talk about like a, a large group of distinct characters and the, the way that they get to work off of each other so that they can all kind of almost switch off the straight man, yeah. funny man thing, which is just brilliant. The one problem that I realized I have with the show, and I never minded it so much before, but it hit me hard this time for some reason. Just a little too heavy on the heartstrings. They, they always have those those, those yeah. parts in, in Modern Family, and they'll always have it at the end where they're doing some, they end on some nice story that they wrap it up, and they say, you know, in the end, you realize that your kids are really all you have. And they don't even really bother making a joke out of it most of the mm -hmm. time, if not all of the time. For I was wondering the, if it was this a very episode. special episode. Like, it was the first episode coming up. Maybe they want to establish it more or something, and... And I, I'll tell you this, even though it wasn't particularly funny and it was more of an endearing and more of a, one of those kind of moments, when they both accidentally knelt down was oh, really yeah. well done. I mean, that, that's like, that's a good way to do that. They, they, they kind of nailed that. It's that, not funny, no, but see, I like that, it. That I didn't, uh, to me, the moment I thought you were going to say, because the, the kneeling down, that was one of those moments like, I, I would, thought it was I know, but they, but they got there pretty, they got there pretty the good. The one actually, and I don't even know if it's one, because they did two in a row, and I don't know if everyone watched both of them, but there was the um, one where they accidentally kind of trap each other into singing What a Wonderful World. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like, Normally, that's the kind of thing that I would have hated, but it was just so nicely done in part because they're resisting it because they know it's schmaltzy, but they can't, you know, because it's their genuine I think actually the, the motion that totally worked. And they do, I think, a really good job of, uh, you know, there's typical standard kind of sitcom jokes like misunderstandings that they do really well. I'm thinking about how uh, Ed O'Neill took Manny to oh, get oh, it. Oh, God, was that good. That, like, that, that was amazing. Thinks that they're going, he's going to gain Mary this And boy, talk so about good. a joke that would not have worked with a laugh track. Exactly, absolutely. A laugh that track would have killed that joke. Absolutely. That joke in particular, and we're talking about there, and he starts talking, they're, now they've, they, they're down there to get Manny his identification, his passport, which he had lost, and it's also the first day that you can have, you know, have same-sex marriage, so there's a bunch of people down at the courthouse getting their licenses and stuff. And so it's all gay couples lined up there, mostly men. I, right, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then Jay and Manny get stuck in the middle of them and don't realize what the line they're in. And Jay is basically, the, the dialogue is such that he's saying, like, we're going to do this. Don't you chicken out now. I paid for you and your mother's in on this. And, and then the uncomfortable look on Manny's face when he puts his hand on his shoulder and stuff like that. I thought it was so well done. And what I loved was I didn't, See it coming. No, you. It yeah, was, they it was were so they bad. were into it before you realized. Yeah, what was doing, and then and then the but, horrified but They were well into yeah. it. They were well into it before I knew I what was going on, and a lot of but a lot of that could have been the directing too. Like, don't show yeah. the reactions of the people in right. the line too right. soon. Don't and do then, that laugh. Don't but, do the laugh. But back. then think about this. Beyond that, beyond just setting that scene up right and 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 filming that scene right to make it so that you're not getting hit over the head and so that it that the scene itself develops. Then I think about going back to like. Somebody came up with the idea to have him lose his thing so that they had to go down there on that day and get stuck in that line and have that happen. I would love to know if that was thought of all at once and said, let's let this unfold. And when they go down, they can do this. And I think it, it, it probably was, 
you know, why else have him go down there? We want him to get down there and get stuck in line with Manny and have and right. have him yeah. and have it get mistaken for this. But you know, think about it in, on that level and that level of writing and that level of thought and cleverness. That's like some professional. If that stuff. was written in a multicam sitcom, it would have been very obvious from the start. The ending line would have been much more over the head. Like you're gonna shut up and take it. You're gonna take what I give you. Right. The, there uh, would have been a, oh, you don't know what you're saying. Yeah, there would have been well, some you'd have, to, you'd have to have that for, for a reason for your laugh track for to line, go Yeah, on. there would have been a long pause as everyone's like looking around while the laugh track is going. One of the people in the crowd would have said something that's yeah. either like, kind of like either like sort of sexual and dirty itself. Right. Uh, and the, and, the, and Ed O'Neill or Manny would have had to say some topper line. So it could have been better. It could have been a lot better is yeah. what I'm saying. Like if I, if I had been there, I wouldn't have been laughing so. Um, let's, uh, uh, let's just talk very briefly then about South Park, which is the last show that we, you know, all got to watch. Obviously, South Park's been on for 17 well, seasons. Back in the game. Uh, back in the game? We Did we talk about that at all? <laughs> we can kind of forget yeah. about Back in the Game. Yeah, Back in the, well, let's see, Back it's in the Game. Uh, recently oh, divorced single mother who temporarily moves in with her estranged father, a beer-swilling former right. baseball player. Oh, you know, oh and she, of course she has to give a speech to her baseball team about her past history yes, with her father. Yeah. Like, that don't freaking do I it. get it. The relationship is strained. Yeah. I saw... How they interact now, and God forbid, this turn that she turned them into, uh, you know, the best baseball team in the league, you know, uh, yeah. with, within you know a few episodes. Like the season. sooner, the, the sooner that team becomes the best team in the league, that like that's the jump the shark. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the more you know that, oh, okay, they see problems coming. Uh, out this here. baseball season got to stretch out for like eight seasons. <laughs> I, I, this this show didn't this show didn't infuriate me or no. something, but I, I I had zero interest. In yeah, it, I, it was, I was yeah exactly. This was neither hated it nor liked it, but I did think interestingly there was one character on it who I actually thought was kind of. Totally different from what I expected, and given that everything else on the show was exactly what I expected, I was sort of fascinated by it. The son, who is a weirdo, but not a weirdo the way that most sitcom sons are. Right? Maybe he he gets into a fight with the the bully oh, and he, and he him. kisses him. And there's a few scenes like that where he does something that just seems off and unexpected, but not in the way that like kids are supposed. Because to be. he's not he's not retarded or a dork. Right, he's, you know, but, a, but, all, but he's like, like a other, but They go a around the team, like when they're introducing yeah, the team, right, and right. every single other of those kids on the team is a sitcom type. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And he, I thought, was like, there's something weird going on in this kid's head, and I would actually kind of like yeah, to that's see a show yeah. about him, yeah. but I'm not going to watch this show. Well, start, start work is. on the spinoff. <laughs> start work on the spinoff yeah, right like now. Three months Because people uh, are going to be looking for that spinoff about that kid. And his and his super gay friend. <laughs> I did kind of enjoy that they just went ahead and said like, okay, we have this like flamboyantly, yeah, yeah. fantastically Jesus, gay yes, kid who's just. Flamboyant yeah, kid. I just I was like, I, you know, well, at least you just decided to go all the way with this one. <laughs> that kid is really going over the top. Um, this this being towards the end just really had me sitting there going like another yeah. oafish father that yeah. they have to put up with who ends up being and that was that's the other thing because he had all the videotapes so I was like oh he's really got it he's like a stripper with a heart of gold like yeah. all these they're all like fucked up fathers with a heart of gold yeah. and it's like those videotapes are especially funny because like this dad went out of his way to try and convince his daughter that he never went to any of those baseball games while being at everyone and videotaping and it. she didn't see him yeah, like, that guy went through a lot of work to appear like an asshole father. Why didn't you just say, oh, by the way, I'll be at your to game. To toughen her you know. up. To toughen is that, her I, up. I, he didn't seem like, he just seemed like the whole movie kind of, the show set him up as being a kind of just emotionally distant, uh, indifferent father. Not like an active No, he was act- No, like no, no, he was. He was actively getting the kid's name wrong, clearly, intentionally. He kept calling the grandson by yeah, the wrong name. It seems like very weird, like, I mean, that guy's like, then that guy's as much of an asshole as she thinks he is. Yeah, to- totally. Yeah, right. The, the, he's not redeemed. Yeah. I have to say, like, this was a good example of a, a good actor who I like. Like, he has, he, I thought he has actually really good timing, uh, James Caan. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, there was nothing particularly funny about his lines or his dialogue, but I still thought he was engaging to watch in this show. The only thing that I kind of liked was the last scene, which I saw coming anyway, as far as like his performance. The only thing that I, that he did that I thought was funny was his yeah. sort of look and sheepish, and his, actually not sheepish, but more like confident walking away from of having busted the wrong guy's window. Yeah. To, to like that, that you mean that you saw that coming like a mile away. Too. Well, yeah, well, yeah they I mean, showed yeah, it yeah, in the opening yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Well, but they didn't no, no, show that he was in the wrong place. place. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah right, right. Clearly. Well, one thing There's we were saying that I think is true. I think a lot of sitcoms 
their goal is to meet your expectations. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah, why, right. like, if we say, oh, I saw that joke coming. Like, there was actually another one where we say, oh, I saw that joke coming, but I laughed anyway. Like, in the Goldbergs, where the yeah. car yeah. drives through the garage. You saw it coming a mile away, but it was well executed, and it was like, it got a laugh. And I feel like that was what they wanted. Like, they want you to see it coming, because then you feel comfortable laughing at it. It totally met your expectations, and their job is done. And I feel like a sitcom that, that actually frustrates your expectations ends up being much funnier but much less desirable from their point of view. Well, from yeah, from from mo- probably more uh, a larger viewing audience's point of view. And so, right. You know, you have more of this the the latter or the former yeah. amateur, which to get to South Park then. I feel like I mean and I, that's another show that I've always really, you know, I I never watched it, but I like it whenever I see it. Uh-huh. Um but I kind of felt like it almost had the same problem for a different audience. Like, I felt like this episode, at least, yeah, this totally met my expectations for a South Park episode. Right? You know, it, it was well executed, it was funny. But I don't know if maybe it's just been around so long that it's no longer, you know, challenging. I don't, I've, seen, I've, I've seen every episode of South Park. Like, I'm a big fan of that show. And I think that they, I, I feel like they, you know, their turnaround time is like six days for an episode. Yeah. So a lot of their episodes tend to be very topical, and I think those are usually the worst ones. They they tend to be just uh, they're trying to they get together at some point. Sometimes and build sometimes the they nail it more around. than others. I don't sometimes think they, they ever do. completely miss it. One thing I like about this one, and, and and one thing I like about you know their consistency throughout when they're really particularly when this was the NSA episode and they're really turning the shit around, is that you know considering the amount of time that they do it in you'd have to think that they don't have a lot of time to go over like, you know, here's a third idea, here's a fourth idea, you know, so, and so those first, second, and potentially third ideas, they somehow always have a pretty good idea that quickly, and it's kind of astonishing. Actually, you know what, actually, I I did realize, I always think of this, because we, on The Daily Show, we wrote a ton of NSA headlines, and um, here's one thing that that, that kind of impressed me about the South Park, so... Um, there are two main ideas in this episode. One was um, that, oh, we're complaining about the NSA spying on us while we're also putting up all our own personal information online. Yeah. And it's right. When we had our first meetings about how to cover the NSA, that I think is probably literally the first idea we came up with, and then we rejected it because it just seemed too easy. Right. But we spent a summer doing it, and we never came up with their second idea, which I thought was brilliant, which is that we're not afraid of the government watching us. It's they're keeping, they're protecting us, and they're turning it into a religion. Like the government is God looking out for us, mm-hmm. and going to the DMV like it's church. Like that's actually really kind of brilliant. I mean, we talk about how people, you know, we want the government taking care of us, but we never made it to the, well, the thing that government they, is all powerful, the, like God is all powerful. The and thing that's that they, a good thing. but it wasn't like an easy slam on religion or on government. It was sort of like. It was jokes about it, but it was also kind of like just a more interesting take on these people's perceptions. Like, you can, like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see why they're getting something out of this, you know, going to confess their sins well, to the and DMV. It's, and, and it's sort of it like that, that you, you, know, you, you like that they're, oh, I see what they're doing, they're shitting on religion, I'm all for that. And then you realize that you kind of got suckered into another story where you're actually the punchline. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah, boy, really okay, yeah. That, so like, yeah. I, oh, I realized that maybe in thinking that way, I wasn't necessarily yeah. right. So then, then they kind of sucker you in to um, going along with this very direct you know, uh, sort of critique of a certain thing, and then you, and, and so you're on that kid's side, and then pretty soon you realize, oh, they're making fun of that kid, and they're making fun of me because I went along with that yeah. kid, and they're right, and Did I'm wrong. Did you get wrong. that from this episode, though? I didn't get I that I got a little episode. bit, but I can't remember exactly where it came in. But, but, the, but they do that. They do yeah, that yeah, a lot, yeah, and, yeah. and it's a like, really a effective, twists. like, yeah. but that goes beyond, that's just crazy yeah. genius shit. I mean, that goes beyond something that you can really try to do and do effectively that's just something that you just have a, have to have a head that allows you to somehow routinely come up with those things right. yeah no I mean I don't want to suggest that I don't think <clears> they're <throat> geniuses because I really do I mean I think they are incredibly smart in a way that most people who write for television you know myself included are not smart um, I, I think this is what I was getting maybe it's just because it's such an established show now that I mean it's not I, again it, because I did think there was this very smart thing in it that I didn't see coming, it also just felt like a little formulaic in that it didn't shock me and stun me the way that I 
used to be shocked and stunned when I first started watching South Park. Oh, well, yeah. Ago. Well, I mean, you, but, you know, 17 years, and yeah. you're still enjoying it. You just, you just, uh, your expectations for where they're going to take something are so high, the fact that they continue to get there is just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, that's it. Let's, uh, um, let's wrap it up. Uh, in closing, um, watch, uh, watch New Girl, which is Juven Parang's new favorite show. Yeah, I got a, I got a lot of backlog episodes to watch. Now. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll enjoy them. It's, uh, it's, it's very good. And, uh, um, and watch uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, uh, um, is, is my uh, recommendation. If you have uh, room in your DVR after recording all the two Go Girls episodes, yeah, yeah, try yeah. and catch those two shows. Uh, there are shows and, uh, that you shouldn't watch and there are shows that you know, and just watch whatever you want to watch. watch Daniel, uh, uh, Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield. I know you throw that shit in. <laughs> Is that a Canadian show? That's, uh, <laughs> that's the next episode we're going to be doing right after this one, right? All right, uh, uh, Daniel, Daniel Radosh, Ubin Parang, thank you very much for uh, coming on to the writer's block. Uh, um, say good night, you guys. Good night, you guys. Oh, hell, man. <laughs>